Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. All right, we want to welcome all of you to Boxcar Universe, and we've got a great show planned for you today. Mel and I are here, and we're going to be talking a lot about some trends for 2023 in regards to some container homes and uh, maybe a little bit of follow-up on our discussion with Family Promise from last week. If you caught that uh, show, if not, make sure you go check us out. You know, we are uh, firmly ensconced now on Apple podcasting. (laughs) Thank God. You know, we had some issues with uh, some technical issues that we had to work through, but yes, you can find us on Apple podcasting because if, uh, We've had uh, a few calls about that, but we've got that all worked out. And as uh, our good friend Colin knows, there are some technical difficulties to just have to work through. And uh, we worked through those and uh, you can hear us everywhere now. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, in a few minutes with uh, some people that we spoke to at the Tiny Fest over in Westworld back in December. Austin and Doug Faust from Tiny Home Cottages. And we're going to be talking a little bit about their product and what they do and uh, some of the unique things that you could do in the way of a tiny home. But, uh, you know, Mel and I are getting ready and going to be bringing all of our listeners uh, a whole lot of information from the International Builders Show, which uh, it's getting close, Mel. Yes, it is. It's going to be, we're going to be uh, on, what was it? Get on that great plane, going for what was that song again? <laughs> yes, we're getting on that great plane, and we're going to Vegas. That's what we're doing. Yes, 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 we are. It's going to be a, a crazy uh, week next week. Actually, uh, you know, my week is starting a little early at the uh, Las Vegas Design uh, Convention for us interior designers, and uh, not really open to the public, but um, it's uh, for the trade industry. So my day will start on Sunday morning. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Tuesday is the Builders Convention. So that'll be a lot of fun. They're going to be doing that. And we're going to be bringing a a lot of information coming back from the show, as well as uh, I make sure when I get back on the plane that I'm not all wet from going through my container pool training. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. We're going to learn everything for those of you, uh, you know, who are looking to do a pool in your, in your yard or in your property or something like that. We're going to be bringing you a whole bunch of information and, you know, it's a perfect time for talking about that too, because it's still chilly outside. You know, people think chilly in Phoenix. What do you, crazy i mean it's always hot in phoenix it's freezing are you kidding me in the winter time you know wake up you know i'm looking outside and it's like showing 32 degrees on my phone and uh, some people up in chicago thinking well that's a warm trend for us exactly but i mean flip-flop weather yeah (laughs) flip-flop weather but here we're in phoenix in the wintertime, I mean, in January, it's usually probably one of the coldest months that we experience, and it's 32 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I take my dog out for a walk and just, you know, it's not ready for um, 
for a sweater yet for him, but it's still chilly for well, him. It's and windy. For, and for me. Yeah, it's windy. It's yeah. windy today. So that that just it oh, goes right to the bones. It's crazy. But, you know, that's kind of things. But thinking about container, you know, container pools or something that are going to be fairly quick. But, you know, you're going to be able to plan for it. And it's a lot less hassle than if you go back and, you know, and I know people have gone through, you know, hey, we'll dig, dig your yard up. And then they and then they do some of the infrastructure, you know, the the. Uh, Z bar and everything else that's inside, and then they wait. And then they wait for you know phases to come by, and it's like ninety days. Well, if you order a container pool, not saying you don't have to wait, but you don't have to worry about having your yard all dug up like when you do that. You just come back, you find out, you put a slab down, and you and you just as soon as it arrives, we crane it in place, hook up the plumbing and the electric, and it's it's pool time. And by that time, if you order soon, I would say between. Now, and we'll say March, by the time it gets to be pool weather in pretty much any part of the country, you'll have a container pool, which will be pretty cool, you know, and you'll be the talk of the neighborhood. You know, what uh, I find really interesting is that it doesn't just have to be a pool. You know, a portion of that can be a hot tub. Yes. Do 50-50. That's on my bucket list. I wow. 50-50. Uh, that's a big hot tub, I Steve. Want, well, yeah. Well, you, well, you <laughs> What's gotta, happening in there? You got <laughs> <laughs> don't get started. No, really. So if you have a 40-foot container pool, the middle of the container, if you envision it, the middle of the container, and I, I've got to get, I'll get exact dimensions when I go see our good friend Matthew out there. But um, the center part of it is is deck. And underneath the deck is all the equipment to run the spa and the pool. So the pool is on one side, the spa is on the other side. But, you know, there's nothing better than getting, after a long day out in, you know, you know, whether you, it, I don't care what profession you're in, mm-hmm. just get in the spa and let the, all the stress and all the, the anxiety and all the pain just drain away into a really great relaxing feeling and maybe a little pool, then the spa and then a nice dinner. I think that would be really, I think that would make for a nice evening. What do you think, Mo? Uh, yes. Wine think, also. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, but no, but forget about the wine. You got to have the wine. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, one of the things that you're talking about, thinking about people are ask us questions about, you know, do container homes increase in value? And yes, and depending on your market area, uh, you know, you will be experiencing an increase in value. And one of the things that is important because, you know, you could really put container homes anywhere, you know, as long as, you know, we work through the municipalities, code standards and stuff like that. You could pretty much put one anywhere. And, you know, one of the things that we help you with, you know, with uh, Mel and I can help you with in Boxcar Living is to be able to work through all those issues about your zoning and what you need and all of that so that this way all the infrastructure could be taken care of by the time the, uh, the container home comes to your property once it's built. And the cool thing about it is it gets built in quality control in a factory and and it brings it you, we bring it we just place it and it's basically all done except for the the hookups for the utilities and that's the greatest part is that the city inspectors only have to get involved for your hookups that's true because everything else is done with through quality control and by code through the state through the state at the factory exactly so you don't have to you don't have you have a lot less red tape to worry about and uh, you know we want to make your container home living experience um 
an enjoying enjoyable one. We don't want to make it, uh, uh, you know, like sometimes we've seen in Mel and I have both seen this in our professions over our careers of nightmares that we come, you know, call, people call us with, you know, that four letter word help. <laughs> H-E-L-P. I was like, what four-letter word are we talking about? Help. <laughs> Help. Well, you know, that other four-letter word they may be talking about, you know, after yeah. they're upset with that per- right. with that other contractor. But, you know, but uh, no, they ask for help. And that's what we try and help them with. So we want to make sure that, uh, you know, you have a great experience. And the ease of it all, too, right? Not having your uh, house, uh, you know, say you want to put, uh, you know, a casita in the back or something for... Uh, VRBO or family member, um, the the mess of it all uh, doesn't exist, right? You're just putting down that pad with the plumbing and electrical connections, and um, there you have it. The container is delivered complete. Exactly, exactly. And one of the other things too, um, the demand for container homes is actually, you know, they're expecting it to grow to uh, 80.5 billion by the year two, uh, 2027. So definitely the need for alternative style living is is on the rise. I mean, there's no other way to, to say it. I mean, our economy, you know, a lot of the technology and things that we create and invent is driven by need, especially in the United States. We've never, we've never shirked away from when we have a need, we find a way to get there and right. get to it. Just like when we made a decision to go to the moon. Container homes, tiny homes, it is all the craze, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But we're going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to be uh we're going to be speaking with Austin and Doug Faust from Tiny Home Cottages and uh, a little bit about what they do as well as um you know that tiny fest that's going to be uh that they're going to be at at Del Mar, uh, Del Mar fairgrounds in san diego in march so i want everybody to hang tight and you are listening to boxcar universe Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Star Building Supplies' three valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. We are back, and you are listening to Boxcar Universe right here from the palatious Boxcar Universe studios here with uh, our fabulous show producer, Colin, is at the helm making sure that all the technology works. Thank God for Colin. Yes. <laughs> really good because, he, you know, he's he's in control. You know, we have great content, but, you know, when it comes down to it, Colin's in control. Don't tell anybody. He's the man of the hour. That's right. He's the man of the hour. <laughs> anyway, we want to we want to get started with our discussion today, and we want to welcome into the uh, the uh, fray here Austin and Doug Faust from Tiny Home Cottages. And guys, thanks for taking time out to be on the show today. We really appreciate it. Glad to be here. 
Yeah, appreciate you guys inviting us. All right. All right, great. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Tiny Home Cottages? Well, Tiny Home Cottages were based up in the Pacific Northwest, central part of Oregon. And um, our focus is on park model structures. Structures built in a factory, uh, four axles. Uh, We typically bring them to our site here after they've been constructed. We do some uh, preparatory work. We build stairs. Sometimes we stage them, um, get all the infrastructure ready to deliver. We have our own delivery systems and transportation sources. We will uh, sell a unit and we will ship it anywhere, typically up and down the West Coast, uh, which gives us a lot of flexibility. And that is kind of the crutch of what we do. We could talk about what a park model is, but I'll let you guys kind of lead us how you want to see. Yeah, definitely want to hear about, you know, we want to talk about some of the models and stuff like that, but tell us how you guys got started. Well, we, you know, I was a a builder in California for decades. Uh, Austin is still uh, has an office down in California. He kind of runs that part of the, uh, of the area. And we um, started out doing um, well, we were building all, types of different structures but then we started focusing in and there was a real need for um backyard cottages uh adus as a technical name is they they call they call it down in california and we found the seniors and in-laws you know the grandfather passed away and the mother needed a place to stay and they wanted it close to the family and so we were designing uh these units and uh the difficult part was, as we've talked before, is the approval process. So we would go to a planning commission <clears throat> department and we would lay out our plans and they say, fine, that looks good, but we're going to have to have and require a public hearing. Well, every time we'd go to a public hearing, uh, the neighbors would be there, and you know, the NIMBYs of the world and not in our backyard. And we just got we just got uh, slaughtered every every single time. We did about a half a dozen of these proposals. And so we backed out of that market for a short period of time. But then shortly thereafter, there was a state senator down in California who proposed that such structures should be approved ministerially, which means if we walked into a planning department and we met the guidelines and the setbacks and the lot coverage and utility connection, well, we could get approved right at the counter. And he would say, okay, guys, go down the hall there to the building department, get your building permit. Well, that changed everything. We had no public hearing. Uh, the, the regulations were reasonable. And so we um, had been stick builders for years, and we decided we wanted to simplify that. And so we moved into the manufacturing space. And um, <clears throat> we couldn't find anybody in California who was interested in that market. So we, through our various contacts we um, hooked up with at the time palm Palmer homes up in uh, albany in oregon and they liked the idea so they started shipping this product and we'd get it down there and if we could roll it into the backyard we would we had to crane it we would crane it and that worked out real well so then we eventually decided to move operations up here to get closer to the plant and then uh after that COVID hit everybody adjusted accordingly so that's kind of our background so here we are today with um 
Palm Harbor Homes has backed out of the market for various reasons. But we have, have um, some other you know, national suppliers. And uh, as they've come out of the COVID uh, shutdown, uh, they're cranking up and inventory is slowly starting to get back online, which has been our biggest challenge. But that's pretty much under control at the moment. Okay, but it sounds like you guys uh, have adapted pretty well to the market. And what was, uh, what you know, COVID kind of like uh, was a big speed bump for all, a lot of us. And, and you've kind of uh, overcome that, which is really good and, and, and glad that you guys are still here and fulfilling the market. But we can, we can understand exactly what you're saying when it came to, you know, the city. The city presents a challenge even down here in phoenix because every little town not just phoenix but other cities around phoenix like scottsdale glendale tempe chandler they're all they're all have their own little thing about when it comes to putting in you know a tiny home or a container home something like that because they all treat them a little differently so you know, you, you did you say that that was your senator that actually in California that actually made that change for you? There was a a, a state senator in Southern California who okay. proposed that legislation. You know, California is not unique, but it's the trend. You know, affordability is just a big issue. The homeless crisis, huge issue, and so they saw the handwriting on the wall. We need to uh, provide for more low-cost, affordable housing options. And so this is one administrative way for them to start to loosen that up. Now, we do work with a number, well, not with a number, but there is a nonprofit very bullish in the tiny home space. And um, their main focus is to convince jurisdictions to ease the regulations. In a lot of cases, they actually will rewrite the codes for the local people in those areas city councilors, supervisors, who wish to see more affordable housing options. And so this is changing daily. In California, right now, there's approximately 12 jurisdictions. Uh, Fresno, LA County, uh, I have the whole list in the office, that are very friendly to, in our case, park model. Uh, And so if we go to a jurisdiction that has accessory dwelling unit approval. They are now allowing for us a park model to be brought in to that same location in lieu of a foundation ADU. Well, that changes, opens up the door for a lot of opportunities for both just affordable housing and for our market. Hey, Doug, so I, we're have finding that is, I have a quick question. I have a quick question for all of our listeners. Sure. And and this is also for me as well. Can you explain what a park model is? I, I'm taking the gist of what you maybe it means that it's on wheels. Can can you explain what uh, that is? Because I'm not following. I'd love to know. That, yeah, that's that's an excellent question. And sometimes because we're in the space, I gloss over it. The park models are a manufactured structure built in a factory, no different than a, a double wide or a triple wide HUD kind of product except it's built under a particular code, the ANSI code, 119.5 is the particular code. It's inspected, it has quality control, uh, it goes through the assembly line. And these are structures which are, for every intent and purposes, 
are built like a traditional residential structure, a stick-built structure, two by fours, cement board, lap siding, sheetrock interiors, all the amenities, accoutrements, and, and the feel of a real home. This is nowhere near an RV or anything of that caliber. Uh, we sell an awful lot of units that have covered porches because it tends to expand living space. One of the other requirements for a park model, it can be no more than 400 square feet of conditioned area. Now that means that the decks are not included in that calculation, nor are lots. So we do an awful lot of loss. And so when we uh, deliver a unit, it's typically a one bedroom, a full kitchen, all the amenities, full-time full-size refrigerators, appliances, uh, uh, living space, uh, closets, full bathroom, shower, um, you would be hard pressed to feel like you're not in your own home. And so when we say park model, it's a very strict uh, application of the code that we're building under. Gotcha. Is that kind of clear? Yes, that, that does help. Thank you so much. And another quick question, sorry. On average, what does something like that cost? Well, they're like any product, it ranges. We probably uh, we've shipped them out as low as like seventy five thousand, and we, you know, had people throw the everything at them at you know one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Wow, that's great. now that's a delivered product. That's uh, the, the one of the interesting things about Oregon is we have no sales tax up here, so oh, we're being registered. <laughs> <Yeah>. No <laughs> sales tax. <laughs> You know, Oregon is the RV registration capital of the country. They've set up a procedure here that we can register an RV, or in our case, a park home, and we pay no sales tax. Sales tax, excuse me. And it costs us about a hundred dollars to register it, and they will ship you the registration uh, to any place in the country uh, one time, and. Um, off you go. So there's a huge savings just there. Now, you know, we go to the trade shows. We take our units there. We highlight them, showcase them. We have a display uh, lot up here, tiny home headquarters, we call it. Uh, and we have people fly up from time to time. They'll able to spend the night in our units, uh, preview them. Uh, we can do plant tours with no problem. And we, we have a lot of options here in terms of reaching out to a customer. We're not strictly just an internet based because we are selling a product that is physical. We always feel that people need to kind of touch and feel it, live in it, you might say for a day or two. Steve, it sounds like I hear a trip coming on. I think so. I think so. (laughs) I think we're going to have to make a trip here. (laughs) When it gets a little warmer, maybe. (laughs) No, but, but, uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna take a short break, but when we come back, we get. I'm gonna talk a little more about some of the other models that you have and some of the other differences and um, some of those other FAQ questions that I know we get hit for it all the time. So, guys, hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. 
As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion-meets-design sense to execute timeless interiors, style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at Alva Interiors AZ, and on Instagram at Alva Interiors. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe. And right now, I think the train is bringing the tiny home down the track. What do you think? I love it. I think so. Some great, some great <laughs> stuff right here with our good friends uh, Austin and Doug Faust from Tiny Home Cottages. And we're talking a little bit about their product, and uh, they're actually here on the uh, West Coast, uh, servicing California and. Uh, do you guys, how far, when you say, when you said you're in Oregon, but how far, like, say, how far east do you go from Oregon and California? Or is it just purely the West Coast? No, we can, we can go into, uh, you know, even up into Montana, Idaho, Washington, Nevada, Arizona. That, that's just kind of our regional run. Okay. We've had inquiries and we've been talking to people as far away as Tennessee. Um, uh, because the space is a little misunderstood, as Mel was asking earlier about what is a park model, a lot of people really don't understand it. But once they understand that it is a structure, that is a quality structure, um, and we can really deliver them anywhere, the market just continues to open up. Well, and it's sure, like we said before, there's surely a need for it. And, you know, one of the things that uh, comes to mind, obviously, which are some of these units when you look at their website uh which is tinyhomecottages.com check out the gallery and you'll see some beautiful pictures of indoor living rooms and kitchens and in other views and one of the things that struck my eye was the vaulted ceiling and then the question came well how high can you build them and also how do you get them there because there are roads out there that you can't get, you can't have any, you know, anything going higher than a 13, six bridge limit. So um, there's got to be routes around it. Correct. Correct. Yes. That's, that's what uh, the permitting process. We use a uh, certified permitting a firm who has checked out all the regulations and the local code and they go jurisdiction by jurisdiction through the entire route. They're not just getting this one blank permit. They will say, okay, in Oregon, here's what you got to do. But when you get into Washington, you're going to have to do this. You may have to add a pilot car and you may have to take this minor diversion because of the height restrictions. Um, but that's just what we work through. Uh, transportation is a big issue. Um, if we were to sell a unit to somebody and just say, hey, it's sitting here, you know, come and pick it up when you can. Um, no. People are not going to do that, nor really should they. So we've taken that over. We have our own trucking in-house, our own drivers. So that way we are in control of that, which makes us much more responsive, number one. And we, we grab that uh, uh, bull by the horns and we ride it 
uh, properly so that there are no problems because the average person would be very hard pressed to do that. But yeah. once we get into the local jurisdictions, yeah, there are some trickiness. And sometimes it is the very last you know, block or two. We have been into a very few situations where we will have to take a house cab and the truck will unload the unit. We hook up this remote control bulldozer, you might say. It's very small. And we can maneuver that thing within fractions of an inch. And there has not been a location that we have not been unable to negotiate a place in the unit. So we just have that background. Of course, we picked up a lot of that years ago when we were down in California doing these structures. And we've just carried that technology up here. And things just just improved substantially from that standpoint. Right. How? What's the average width of one of your models? And does awesome. it, why don't you speak to, to some of the models yeah. and, and uh, positions? Our, yeah. Go ahead. Our typical width are eleven feet two inches wide. We go all the way up to fifteen feet wide. Uh, really wide units. Um, another thing that separates our, I think our product from other tiny home park model manufacturers is we do a six foot, eight foot, all the way up to a 10 foot front porch and or rear up to an eight foot rear porch on the front and or back. We also have a model that does a wraparound porch from the front all the way to the rear and you got an entry side um, and that unit is a 15 foot wide. And you just don't really see a lot of that in, in this market. And, and we do it and our customers just love them. Wow. And those units, those units, when you, the wraparound porches, those are part, they are all on the roof. They're all part of the structure. They're not added on once the, the, the base structure is put into place. Correct. Everything is built in um, the man in the factory. Uh, it's all contained in one unit. Nothing is built on site except for just the stairs to get into the unit and hook up utilities. Yes, that is all included in the home. All right. That's well, that's yeah, that's important. And I could see like you see why you would need a pilot car being why because you're basically 15 feet. You're going to take up two lanes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're going to take up two lanes and then sometimes they require <laughs> a front pilot car. Sometimes they require one of the front and the back. Um, and, you know, like we touched on earlier, getting those logistics and, and, and working with ODOT, we do that. And we're, for instance, we're taking a 15 foot wide, almost 16 height unit all the way down to Southern California. And we ran it all, all the way down the five. And when we got to the one-on-one, there's a couple, we had to have two pilot cars, uh, but we were able to make it and get on the property. So we, we could go a lot of places with some pretty wide units. That's awesome. That's really great. Let's talk a well, little bit. A quick, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to make a quick comment about setup. People ask yes. us that all the time. Once we deliver it, okay, okay, what happens now? Well, when we pull up, we we install stairs. Obviously, these units are about two and a half feet off of grade. So you need a stair and a handrail to get onto it. We level the unit with our uh, jack systems. We, if, and we work with the client prior to us ever showing up regarding the utilities. We need to know approximately where your water hookup is, where your sewage connection is going to be, and where the power source is. And we work with the client to make sure that we're, we're in a distance that we can uh, 
bring our utilities to those locations. So it, it, in a fairly standard installation, we're there for about three hours and we've got our stairs in, uh, we've got the power on, we've got the refrigerator going, uh, the sewage is, is, the toilets are flushing and the water's going through the sink. So we handle all that on site and we just don't leave the customer high and dry, you might say. Oh, that's good. That's all, it's all set up. It's a, it's a, like you say, a one-stop shop. It's sounding better and better. I have a question. How easy is it for somebody to buy one of these homes? Are they having to come out of pocket completely? Is there financing offered to them? How how does all of that work? Well, that's, boy, that's another excellent question. One of the reasons that we stick with these large manufacturers is because they are recognized in the industry as a reliable code compliant manufacturer. Now, don't get me wrong. The mom and pop park model builders will do a great job. We, we go to all the shows. We, we walk through their product. I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. Um, but they have to go through uh, ad hoc approval. They have to bring somebody typically out to their site to go through the inspection process. This is all done in our plant. So what happens is <coughs> we, um, we are a dealership for Triad Financial, large national concern, and they are have both feet in the manufacturing and the park model space. And they will finance those. We have a link on our site that you can go directly to them. We are one of their dealers and you can fill out an application. They typically take 24 hours give you a, a, an approval or a decline and uh, with conditions, and then you satisfy those conditions and off we go. We are also getting on board uh, within the next week or two with 21st Mortgage, which is another large national manufacturer. And so the financing option is uh, something we get a lot of inquiry about, uh, but it's about 50-50. We find a number of people that are, taking equity lines out of their home, paying cash for it. Other people need to finance it. And so we have that financing source. And that, that financing source is, uh, there's, there's a number of new um, lenders coming into the space because they see this as a trend. The, uh, the affordable housing issue, the homeless issue, uh, uh, the, the need for this kind of product. And when, um, as Stephen was saying, when you actually physically walk through our units, the comment is when we were at the last show, everybody would say, I could live here this without any compromise, my lifestyle. And that is just really uh, a wonderful thing to hear. Wow. Well, that's it's a, great. That's really good. That Obviously, that, see there again, Mel, there are ways to get to the, the end of the road, what your, what your goal is. So there are, there are options to be able to do that. Fabulous. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with the guys a little more about uh, the uh, Tiny Fest that's going to be in Del Mar Fairgrounds in San Diego, which they are going to be exhibiting uh, one of their, one or possibly more of their units. So make sure you stay tuned. You're listening to Boxcar Universe.
Hi, I'm Sean with Mr. Electric, and I have a tip to help make your life better. One important reminder is to call a qualified electrician when you have frequent problems with blowing fuses or tripping circuit breakers. When a circuit breaker trips or a fuse blows, it's indicating that you have a problem with some other part of the circuit. If your breaker trips more than once, you should have a qualified electrician come out and take a look at it. Contrary to what may be acceptable, you really shouldn't try to continuously try to reset the breaker because there may be a problem somewhere else down the circuit and you could be causing a fire hazard. There could be a loose connection or some other form of problem on the circuit, and every time you reset the circuit breaker, it could be causing a spark at the other end. We recommend having a qualified electrician come out and check on the condition of the circuit and make sure that the circuit does not have any problems. And it could just be a bad breaker also, but you definitely want to have a qualified electrician check that out. To have someone come out from our team may only take a portion of a day, but it could potentially save you a lot of money or your life. And that's just another way Mr. Electric has the power to make your life better. into Boxcar Universe right here. And as we uh, forge forward in 2023, and uh, we have today as our guest, Austin and Doug Faust from Tiny Home Cottages. And we want to talk a little bit about the the Tiny Home San Diego Festival that's coming up here real soon in March 11th and 12th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds in uh, San Diego. And, uh, Guys, tell us a little bit about what you're bringing to the show. Well, this unit that we're bringing down is going to be a this is going to be a, a really a really nice model. This one, like I had mentioned earlier about our porches, this one will be in, will be including our ten foot front porch as well as an eight foot rear porch. Entry in the front, exit in the back. It's going to be real smooth for uh, for traffic flow for our cuts for people coming to view the home. This will be lofted unit, uh, double lofted unit. So the loft will be over the bathroom as well as the, the uh, bedroom. So you have a lot of loft room and we're really excited to show it. It sounds like it's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, any now with that particular model, will there any challenges in the way of designing it? Cause I know I get a, some of the design aspects of, of these tiny homes, uh, peak our interest, especially Mel. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about how it was designed. Well, one of the things that we, we do a lot of, we do a lot of metal roofs uh, for, for really two reasons. One is, you know, their lifetime, you never have to worry about an issue. We don't have to worry about going down the freeway in a windy condition and maybe a shingle or two flopping off that we'd have to repair when we get to the site. And they come in various colors. So we um, you marry that with a cement board siding, uh, and then the uh, the decks. Once you tour through a unit and you realize how much more of a of the living space is brought into the actual usability of the structure with the decks, because uh, they're covered, they have lights, they have um, uh, typically fans. We have a fireplace option for the decks if somebody so, was so inclined. And then uh, for the show, of course, you'll be able to come through the front entry, go through the unit, kitchen, bathroom, uh, utility area. We do have 
uh, wash and dryer options. Or typically every unit is prepped for stackable washer and dryer. Then you'll go through the bedroom, exit the rear out onto the a deck off the bedroom, and then people can exit. Um, some of the models we have had shows in the past, we didn't have the rear. And because we had so many people going through, we had to really monitor the number of people that go in at any one time. So this is gonna be a much more exciting, uh, show-friendly model. Um, I can't wait to bring it down and show you guys. This, this is going to be fun. Well, it's, it's good. From what everybody has told me, it's going to be a great, it's a great location. And it is the, the largest tiny fest, uh, ex, you know, festival, uh, in the country that our good friend Renee actually, uh, is in charge of. So, uh, I, I look forward to it. It's going to be a, a great two days. People will be able to get a full idea of what, tiny home living is and a lot of the great things that your company can offer them in thinking of building and, and getting one of your, their, your models. Looking forward to it. Yes. It's going to be a, it's going to be a thrill. That's going to really be great. And you know, the, there is a, there is a, 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 a big, a big push. Like you say, people are, you know, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, talking about a little bit about the homeless situation and everything else working with the nonprofits, you know, I, I think people are, are understanding better that, you know, maybe they don't need a 3000 square foot house and maybe they need to kind of like go back to more, more, we'll call it average living with average, you know, space that they don't need all the space that they have, you know, and it's not all about, what I have, it's all about how comfortable you are and, you know, what works for you and your family. And I think that's something that, uh, when we talk about sustainable lifestyle, everybody that lives in that house has to be on the same page. And I think that's, I think, yes. I think that's yes. important, especially when you're making the decision. If you're a married couple wanting to, wanting to look into doing this, I know, you know, Mel and I, when we go see clients that, uh, one of the main things that we need to make sure of is that both the husband and wife or the significant others are all on the same page. Otherwise, you know, anything that you're planning is just not going to work well. But we, we have found that, you know, two people can live in, in our units with absolutely no problem whatsoever. You do not feel cramped. You feel like there's enough autonomy and, and the, the private space is not, not an issue. Of course, our units, when you, when you come to the show, they're fully staged with couches and tables. Uh, all the appliances are in place. And so people will sit down in the units and we will be talking to them. And the first thing you know, they just don't want to leave. I mean, it is, it is that comfortable of, of a living space. They feel like they're really in their own home, you might say. And so you, when, when you see the, the actual unit itself, uh, it takes on its own vibe you might say uh, as opposed to an rv or something of a lesser quality yeah i well i i can attest to that well obviously like just the size the layout is going to be i i could see sitting in the living room looking out through the window looking at the patio that's already on there and you you, you probably wouldn't even get the feeling that you're in a tiny home because you've got that, well, you've got yeah, that expanded living space. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. Now, up here at our headquarters, we have um, 
three models that are coming online because we have water features here. We have ponds. And so we're putting three of the units on the ponds and uh, they're going to have the big, large bay windows that'll look out over the water features that we offer to people to come up and stay in, you know, at no charge. If they're, if there are serious clients looking to uh, make a purchase and actually want to touch the field and actually live in a unit for a night or so. Uh, so that's going to be something that we're going to offer as an ongoing feature that nobody else is going to have. So we're going to, uh, and you guys are going to have to come up and do that one time. It'll just, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I think we have an invitation, Mel. I agree. I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> it's going to be really cool. It's going to be good. Tell our listeners a little bit how they can contact you. Awesome, Phil Mena. Uh We have our, our website is 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 a tinyhomecottages.com. That's our easiest way. We have our, our phone numbers and uh, contact form to fill out. And we uh, can uh, follow follow right back. So that, that's that's the best way to get a hold of us. That's going to be real. And, and, and our phone number goes direct. Our phone numbers goes directly to us. We answer the phone. We take every inquiry. We don't job that out to anybody. So people are talking through the horse's mouth, you might say. And we're also, don't we have a, a, a footprint on Facebook and, and Instagram as well? Yep, we have awesome. our Instagram, our Instagram names, hashtag tiny home cottages, Facebook, tiny home cottages. <coughs> and uh, our phone number is 541-930-8469. All right. That's great. Guys, we appreciate you taking time out and educating us on, on what you're doing and uh, all of all our friends and actually our listeners who are in Southern California. I urge everybody to make plans that weekend. Uh, it's a Saturday and a Sunday, uh, March 11th and 12th. And they'll be able to go down and check out your, your model, which sounds really great. Mel and I look forward to, uh, seeing that and experiencing that tiny home living, I think it's going to be really great because, you know, there's a lot of people that are here in the Phoenix area that are looking for different choices in doing exactly what you're providing. So I make sure that, uh, you know, we want to give them all the possibilities and all the choices that are out there. And we uh, are honored to be able to share your your company and your products and services on our show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, uh, Stephen. All right. so thank much. you, guys. All right, guys. And thank we thank you, you again. And uh, we want to thank all our listeners for checking out Boxcar Universe. Make sure you check out the website, boxcaruniverse.com. There is a, a whole bunch of information on there, as well as boxcarliving.com. And any uh, container home needs or questions that you might have, if you are in the sound of our voices, uh, which is pretty much anywhere in the world. Think about that. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty big. You ever think you could, somebody could be on the air and be heard all around the world on, or on the other side of the world, which is something that our technology has helped us with as well as, you know, being able to provide products and services and knowledge to all our listeners. So we, uh, we want to thank all of you for listening and tuning in. Make sure you check us out. Uh, on the Boxcar Universe website. And remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great week.